Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Fake Nerds Watch. I'm Brandon T. McClure, joined by my good friends, Sparks Woody. As soon as he was terrible timing. Sorry. Yes, I'm here. And joining us on this on this on this ride through time and space is our as our good friend, friend of the show, Xander Hockey. How are you, sir? Yeah. All right. Takes a sip as well. Um, yeah. We are here. Doing great. Classic. We are here. Classic fake nerd companion, Xander Hockey. Uh, we are here to talk about Doctor Who. Um, all of us are pretty excited that uh, the 60th anniversary is coming up. Well, we're currently in the 60th anniversary month um, at the time of this recording. Um, and uh, David Tennant's coming back. Catherine Tate's coming back. And we're all pretty jazzed to to kind of go back for, to go back into the world of Doctor Who. So we decided, wouldn't it be fun to talk about um, to do? We're going to do a couple of episodes of these. Um, this one. Uh, is just going to be talking about the Christopher Eccleston seats, the Christopher Eccleston season, mm-hmm. um, and the first and the the three seasons, the three just like seasons of David Tennant's run. So we're not going to be talking about his final specials, right? The four specials he did um, for his final year. Um, so we're going to do that, and then we're going to kind of like we'll tell you what we're doing next. Um, but we're going to do a couple episodes talking about the different doctors and what our reactions are to them. So uh, let's kick it off. Let's go right away. Let's kick it off. I'm, ex- I'm excited. I'm jazzed. I love Doctor Who. I forgot how much I did. I've been going back through it. I've been watching the new stuff. I'm excited to do this. I'm excited to be here. Uh, let's start with Mr. Chris Rackson, the ninth doctor himself. Um, where do we want to start? I guess with Rose, right? His I first mean, episode? yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, 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 I give hmm, uh, a little bit, a little bit before we jump into episodes, I think, I think a place where I'd want to start is to leave it very assured that uh, Eccleston was great. Yeah. And got yeah. so much flack for being kind of like the first doctor back to like bring it all back. And everybody was like, no, nah, this guy sucks. His episodes are like kind of mid. It's eh, whatever. Uh, and, you know, then Tenet comes along and everybody like, you know, sings praises. But like you go back to these episodes and like almost all of them are bangers. Yeah. He's so confident also as the doctor. Like they knew exactly what this version of the doctor needed to be what his story was going to be coming out of the time war. Um, the time war, by by the way, for um, I'm, nowadays, we all know this, but at the time it was not known what this was. This was a new thing that Russell T Davies, the showrunner of the new series created to kind of give, to do two things, give new motivation and a new starting point to people coming into the new show in 2005 and to get rid of what Russell T Davies felt were very boring characters in the time Lords. Um <laughs> He was like, I don't want to deal with Time Lords. I'm going to kill them all. Um, they're not, and I think they're he, not great. No, I mean, they're, they, they are, they are quite boring. There's a few good ones. There's a few fun Time sure. Lords that, that, you know, the master obviously returns uh, in a couple of seasons uh, from, from, from now. But he very much was like, I don't want to deal with the Time Lords. So I'm going to kill them all. And it created such an interesting, like, deep uh uh deep rooted like guilt from the doctor um because he being the last of them um and i think ultimately it was a smart move back then well i think also very much like 
the BBC was writing the line, like whether this was Davies intention or not, doesn't really matter. Like, I think they definitely wanted to play with the notion that they could say if they if they wanted to, that this had nothing to do with previous Doctor Who. Sure. Like definitely in that first season, they're like, yeah, there was a time war. And maybe that's like the first thing the doctors left. And like, I, I think they, they were leaving open the possibility to say the history didn't exist. Because I sure. remember when it was such a big deal when you got to the tenant episode, not to jump too far ahead, where we see the faces in the book. Mm-hmm. And that was like the first in-show confirmation that like, no, that happened. That that part of the show is is history. And yeah. everyone was like, oh, OK, OK. Yeah. I mean, we I've talked about it before, but like Russell T. Davies didn't have to start with the ninth doctor either. Um, there was a lot of talk of apparently behind the scenes about whether or not which doctor to start with. Obviously, Sylvester McCoy was not coming back. He was at this point far too old to come back to the doctor. Um, but he was, no one was quite sure if they would acknowledge the Paul McGann movie because America made that movie. Like, why, why would they, why would they acknowledge, but B, but big finish had been doing at that point, a number of, for a number of years, Dr. Who stories with Paul McGann. And I think, I think it was in, incredibly interesting that Davies decided, no, we are going to honor the Paul McGann film. It's, it's, it is canon. Except as Sparks mentioned the pre- in the previous Victor podcast episode, except for his human mother, which doesn't make any sense. Um, uh, he, Paul McGann is the eighth doctor, so the ninth doctor. So he starts with the ninth doctor with Chris Fox, and I thought that was very smart. It's a really interesting way to look at Doctor Who as like whether or not the BBC's intention was to be like the you know what is the original series canon or not. Davies always kind of intention was that everything was. Yeah, he's very clear about that. Right. Um, and I, I, I always, I remember, I remember going, uh, once I realized that Doctor Who has such a long legacy. First off, we all watched this on the Sci Fi channel. Yeah. Uh, I'm pretty sure the first time I watched it was on DVD. <laughs> Probably. Um, the Sci Fi channel got the rights to, 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 to do it. And this was like a year after the show had premiered on, on, on the BBC. And so we got it quite late. Um, and so I watched it on the sci-fi channel and I had no idea that this was a legacy show. I shouldn't say too much more because I'd be talking about a new generation next. So let's, 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 let's kind of like go back. Eccleston, Xander is correct. Eccleston is very good as the doctor. Um, and, and I, I, I forgot how good he was with Billy Piper with Rose. Yeah, I think, um, I think Eccleston Kind of going back and looking at that season today. Without Eccleston's performance and obviously some other actor on the caliber of his. I don't know if the show works, to be honest with you. Yeah, I think so. Um, well, it's not that it's like it's still written pretty well, but like it's more it's more a budget thing than anything. Like the show looks pretty jank. Uh, yeah. When you go back. And you kind of can you can really see through like. What I'll say is that um, there's a level of. Camp acting, which works, but I think it only works because Eccleston is grounding the show around him that is coming from Billy Piper and the actor that plays Mickey and things like that, like they're (laughs) very camp and I honestly don't know if it works if you don't have Eccleston at the center of it. 
I I, mm. I think that oh man, it, it it's hard because like revamping a legacy show, you already have so many ideas of what that show is instead of like letting it organically develop as its as its own thing. Um, which I mean the show does anyway down the line. But it's weird to come into what is essentially kind of like a new space and be like, still try to be informed by aspects of what it was previously. So I think some of the camp enters in that way as well, because it's Doctor Who and like, sure, it had some like pretty serious episodes, but a lot of it was kind of just fun. And it's coming into this kind of thing where it's like tackling episodes that are maybe a little bit more serious, maybe a little bit more actually spooky and like um, trying to do all of it in a, a pretty limited daytime TV budget. I mean, a lot of these episodes later on uh, in like current seasons and whatnot, we're getting like, you know, HBO miniseries budgets. <laughs> and sure. and now, and and before it was, yeah, this is literally just like, it really is just a TV show. And I feel like we're a little removed from that because of like the budgets around streaming and around like, you know, how, how a lot of television is constructed now that it, it feels, it feels a little campy. And I, I think the look of the show definitely like also helps kind of what Sparks is saying as far as how campy it can be. But, uh, yeah, I think I think it would have gone a way different. I think the show would have continued. I don't think Eccleston's performance made or broke that trajectory. I definitely think it shaped it. Mm. I think we would have had a very different style of Doctor Who if Eccleston wasn't bringing that tone and that ability with him. I want to mention something about the budgets going back and watching Rose. Cause I, I went back and watched a, a couple of episodes before this and I went back to watch the Rose. Cause I was like, Oh yeah, I like to see where I'd like to remind myself where it started. There's a moment where Mickey is like a trash can is, is like attacking Mickey and he's like stuck to it. And so he would do like a, like a big, like exacer exasperated, like when like like the the trash can is, ends up being an auton. It's living plastic, um, which is a classic Doctor Who villain, and and then it like and then it like attacks him, but like he's not moving anymore in the trash can. So like it's such watching this budget and thinking to yourself, this is this is what TV looks like. This is what TV budgets used to just be like. That's true, but most TV shows weren't trying to do as much as doctor who was that's true that's um, true and i mean like there's still even i'd say i'd be willing to argue a bit of a gap between like what network shows were doing at the time with their budgets and what uh like sci-fi fair was doing at the time which this is more when it starts i think closer to the budget of a sci-fi show sure um not necessarily like this is around the same time that heroes is coming out Sure, yeah. and Battlestar Galactica, and like it, it's very much like, um, you know, it, the BBC didn't give Doctor Who the budget that we would have had Doctor Who been an American show. Right. Um, the BBC's budgets were far, were far less. Even like now, like the B, the reason why the Disney the Disney deal happened is because the BBC still can't give Doctor Who the budget it thinks it deserves. Um, 
which is why they're putting a bunch of Disney money into it now going into the next season. Um, but yeah, e- even then I think, yeah, it's, it's, but you're right in the sense that I don't, I also don't think the show works quite as well, but I won't, I won't, I won't put that all on Eccleston because I also think I don't want to get Billy. I don't want Billy Piper to get lost in this because I actually think she's really good in this first season um, with Eccleston and she, it, with, with Eccleston, I think, I think, um, are carrying the show and elevating it in a way that had any other, any other two, I don't think would have worked very well. I think she gets better as she goes. Yeah. And I think it's partial. And this is why I'm saying like, I don't mean to discredit her because she's, she's pulling her weight by the end of the season. But I think mm. between the first episode to the last episode, she gets more on Eccleston's page of what he's bringing to the performance. And further away from like solely baked in camp, which is where I think she starts. Like she's mm-hmm. much more at where Mickey is. And like you can say that's partially like the character growing on her adventures with the doctor, but I think even on an actor level, I think she grows in playing off of Eccleston. Which yeah. I think opens her up a lot when she gets to playing off of Tennant as well. Sure. Yeah. I think, I mean, she's better with Tennant, I think, than she was with Eccleston. Um, I do too. But I think that's all, I, I think that's, you know, like she gets a foundation here. Yeah. Um, and I think that foundation is built in a collaborative way with Eccleston. And I do sure. think Eccleston's kind of driving that ship because that's the nature of the show. That's the nature of the character and the writing as it is, is the doctor is driving that, that ship in yeah. this season. Um, but I think Billy Piper is given more uh, opportunity to stretch as a performer because of the things that Eccleston is doing as a performer. Right. Um, I think, I think Rose is a pretty solid episode to start the series on. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but this episode, this season, Eccleston has some, I think, I think Xander's right. Like I think the ser- the season as a whole does kind of build on itself in a really interesting way. Um, the episodes, in my opinion, just kind of got better and better. Um, I don't really, I don't really remember if there's one that I particularly don't like. I seem to recall going back to them quite frequently. Um, I think I, I like the long game, but I do think it's a dip. In oh, the, the one with run. Simon Pegg. Yes. The, 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 the goo on the top with the mouth. Yes. Yes, that Simon and this. Oh yeah, and it's the 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 mall in space or whatever what that was. Yeah, right. right. But here's yeah. the thing: the episode right before that is Dalek, which is so good. Right, that's a big, oh, that's a very big high. So when you come from yeah. that and go to the long game, like I do think that's a little bit of a dip. But you upturn with Father's Day and the two parter around the the children. Oh, yeah. my mom. Uh, Icon- iconic. Yeah, no, absolutely. So I talking about that episode specifically. Um that's the the bomb rating one with the gas masks, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Right. Okay. Um that episode for me, especially I think the ending of it, where we're the, the doctor so by the way, yeah. two episodes. Oh, okay. Then never mind. So the one after it. The doctor dances. Um, yeah, so it's the empty child yeah. and the doctor dances. Yeah. Dances. Okay. So the the ending of that, um, uh, especially being like so close to the the end of the season as well, 
Um, That moment where Eccleston, like, is so elated that just this one. I've never forgotten. I've never forgotten this line. Just this once, Rose. Everybody lives. Yeah. And and there's a reason I think everyone remembers that line from Eccleston because it's like, it was so impactful. It was delivered so well. Like, the emotion built up to it. And I think going through and watching through everything, I think that's probably the moment that the show figured out its direction. And I think sure. there's like strong episodes before that, you know, Dalek especially love that episode. Um, but it, I think there is more of that sort of like camp, more of that, you know, messing around fun stuff. And, and then it hits that episode and I'm like, Oh, Oh, I, this is what I want the show to be. This, I want, I want these moments. Yeah. And it's not that all the time and it shouldn't be. Right. But the ability to have moments like that, I think was kind of a realization that like, Oh, this is good. We can do this in this show. Right. Dalek, I think is the dark reflection of what you're talking about. And, and it's Mm. one of the reasons I think that that moment hits so high is because in Dalek, you get the, the beat where he's like, I, I killed them all. I burnt all the Daleks. You're all that's left. Uh, mm-hmm. Why shouldn't I kill you too? And he literally starts turning the electricity on it, which is like really intense when you look back on it for the doctor as a character. Yeah. Um, and I think it's because coming out of that raw space and getting to just as once everyone lives as like the joy follow following pain that he's been in. Uh, I think that's, that's really like they parallel to each other in their points in the season really well. What I really like about Dalek is how it reflects exactly who the doctor is at that moment. Um, Because this is, this is a doctor who's just come out of the time war. The time war is very fresh to him at the, by the time we meet him in in Rose. Um, And he's looking at this um, and he's looking at this Dalek, which, which represents the the thing that just, in his mind, like in his mind, obviously he blames himself for destroying the Time Lords, but he would never have to do that if the Daleks weren't didn't become this extra galactic uh, menace um, that kind of happened on his on his um, on his watch. Right? How many times has the Doctor that the previous Doctors been able to stop the creation of the Daleks or stop the Daleks? And every time they come back, and like here he's the last of the time Lords. He can now be like, there's no more time Lords, but there's no more Daleks. And he's staring down the face of his worst enemy after mm-hmm. he thought it was all gone. And, and he's looking, and I, I love how I love the kind of just like the raw anger that comes from Eccleston just to be like, how this is that kind of like, how are you still alive? And then the reveling in the fact that like, yeah, you are the last one, just like I'm the last one. I did it. I killed all of your people. Right. Um, but he does. He turns right. He, he because he's got Rose and he's got a companion again. And, he's, and he learns because that's not I. That's not who I should be. Right. I shouldn't be this person. And and I I like the, I really like that episode, which goes back to what you're talking about, Sparks. Following that up with the empty child and Doctor Dances to be like, this is the person I want to be. I want to be the person that saves everyone again. Right. Um. It's such the, a, it's such a, go ahead. Okay. <laughs> um, no, it's just, it's such a, on one hand, I understand why Eccleston didn't have another season. 
Mm-hmm. I like I I get it. aside you know politics aside and all and and all that, um, but man, it it's it really feels like he was really really coming into his own right as they like change him. Yeah, and it's it's such a shame because like he starts strong, yeah. and it feels like the show catches up to where he is mm-hmm. instead of him catching up to the show, which is something I felt with other doctors. That's a really good way of putting it. I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think the show is, I think the show is racing to meet him at what he wants to do with the doctor and not the other way around. Um, I do want to talk about Captain Jack Harkness. Sure. Cause, uh, the, cause the empty child is where we meet him. We meet Captain Jack in in that episode and he's, and he's, and he continues on to the end of that season. Um, I, uh, it's I, sorry, it's not a cat. It's not a TARDIS coming to coming to take you away. Um, I freaking loved Captain Jack Harkness as a kid. Like I was in love with this man. I should have realized my sexuality a long time ago because of Captain Jack Harkness. Like, like that dude was like not only my biggest crush but definitely my sexual awakening um but like sure. like I, like that was 100 because because like i love the idea of like he's from the 51st century he's a time traveler also he's also a time traveler um but he's human at a point in humans timeline in the human timeline that has invented time travel um mm. and because of his point in the timeline he'll fuck anything sorry He'll screw anything. Um, PG thirteen, um, mm-hmm. and like I, there's some, there was something about that that like spoke to me, and I really should have figured out why a lot earlier than I did. Sure. So, so Captain Jack is is definitely a, a, a bicon. Yeah, hundred um, percent. You know, I, obviously, you didn't see Brendan Fraser in the Mummy before that, so I, I understand. Uh, that was, it was a different, it was a different awakening for Brendan Fraser and the Mummy. That was like, I think I'm attracted to all to this entire cast, but I don't know why. No, that's fair. Um, yeah, Captain Jack, I think, is the only character, um, recurring or not, I think during that first season that I think is really able to meet Eggleston mm-hmm. immediately. Oh sure, it, they're it, also ri- they're written on the same level, also. Right, yeah. yeah, yeah, and 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 yeah, acting wise and everything, it feels like he comes in and echoes, and, and they're they're both both where they need to be, and mm. seeing everyone else catch up to Eccleston, and all of a sudden being like, oh, here's just this guy that gets it, um, was really refreshing to see. I think it, it it helped a lot with like that dynamic and like liking Jack as a character as well. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, no, it's uh it was it was really great. It it's it's definitely introduction to a character you don't think you'll see again. Yeah, and then he comes back to life at the end of the episode. What I before we talk about the final episode though, I want to ask you guys how what are your guys' opinion on this theme? Which are the other species, which is the the species in this season that are seen the second most because they're in three episodes. Yeah. 
Sure. Yeah. Um, Which is wild to me. I think like even on my most generous of standards, there's just been better aliens since then. It's hard to like <laughs> uh, regard them very lovingly. Um, yeah. I don't think they're as terrible as they often get lauded to be, but I, I'd be lying if I said like their episodes aren't their for their main two episodes aren't like the least interesting of the season to me. Right. Um, she, the, 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 the zipper on the head. I do remember the zipper on the head being quite an iconic image for a while. Yeah, um, sure. But then it's like paired up with how, with their farts. Like right. that's how, you know, because they're, they're just compressed so much that they, their suits just keep farting. Um, I think the other thing was was maybe like it wasn't even that it existed like parts parts can be funny I think it was just overused there there's a great line by Eccleston <laughs> do you mind not farting during my inspirational speech please yeah <laughs> I think pretty funny I think like it's they're they're fun for lines like Harriet Jones being like when they farted, if you'll pardon my word, uh, the fart, mm-hmm. if you'll pardon my word, smelled <laughs> like, and I'm like, cute. I think overstay their welcome. Yeah, I think so. I think the I think the Celine are a good one episode bad guy that got stretched to three. Yeah, and I don't even know why. Um, and I say that knowing that, like, I like that last third episode with them, but I like it mostly because of how it ends. Looking at the season so interesting because you really only have two Doctor Who villains that are classic from the classic. I don't know about the um I don't know about the long game of the um the species that that Simon Pegg works for. I think that's original. Um but the Dalek and the Autons are really the only two and you got to admire that restraint um sure. to not just kind of like throw in like every every episode is an old is an old doctor who villain but like really to just try to right we get the slovene but like really try to like make your own new villains and 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 follow it that way i agree with that i i also think that again goes back to like the bbc's hesitancy in general with this first season to have it too tied to previous doctor who right so there is an expectation of like make make new make 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 better um now we should talk about his regeneration because i remember not knowing what the hell was going on uh Uh, well before we talk about the regeneration i think just one last thing is is um the season's very well done integration of the bad wolf story which this credit goes to mm, russell t mm. davies yes absolutely um i also want to mention uh just offhandedly because i like it but the uh charles dickens is in an episode and I quite like that episode because yeah, it's a good one. Really, yeah. the actor who plays Charles Dickens is just like the Charles Dickens actor. And I'm like, hell yeah, that's great. Um, wow. Shots fired so, at Dan Stevens. <laughs> no, so but like on, he's the guy who like always plays Charles Dickens anyway. Oh, I see um, what you're saying. Sure. Yeah. Sorry. So Zan, on, what you're saying? on the topic of bad wolf. Yeah. Going back and kind of being like, Oh, okay. So, it's these messages that have been everywhere. And then it's like, oh, it was this thing that, like, the messages were always meant to be there. There's, like, this whole thing that ties it back. And it's like, cool, that's really cool. And I feel like 
I feel like they also thought I was really cool because I, I I feel companions leaving things and doing things in the past for the Doctor constantly comes back to happen. What? Oh. No, it doesn't. I what are you talking it, about? I don't, hold on. <laughs> well, I don't. It, it it certainly happened a lot with Moffat's era. I'm trying to recall how often it happened in at, during the Tenant era. Um. Because this, his first season wasn't necessarily like that, right? No, no, no. That's fair. I think I think it is more of a like after Tenet, they they kind of like reuse like some thing. stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Clara specifically, yes, specifically that. the stuff with Clara. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but I'll be honest with you. I'll be honest with you. My opinion. Yeah, Clara is a better executed version of what Bad Wolf is doing. Yeah, that's. Hmm. Totally fair. I need to. We'll talk about it. I need to rewatch some of that stuff because I remember not liking it at the beginning. Um, but we'll we will wait. We'll get we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, I I want to talk about Echocentric Generation because uh, as a person who was just watching this kooky sci-fi show on the Sci-Fi Channel, not knowing that it's a legacy show, not knowing what Doctor Who is, the moment Eccleston regenerates into David Tennant was the biggest what-the-hell moment I remember having on TV as a kid. Like, Sure. I, because, like, because, like, it looked like he was, like, he was dying. And I was like, oh, my God, what's he going to do? And then he changes his face to another person. And I was like, what just happened? Um, what did you guys think about? What, how did you guys feel about that? Well, I'll be honest with you, Brandon. I don't 100% remember the circumstances but i certainly wasn't completely thrown off guard by it yeah because i don't remember if you told me the specifics or you just told me something along the lines of well let me know when you get to the end of the season (laughs) Hmm. uh but you certainly left you certainly left like an expectation in my in my brain whether i knew or not uh that i remember being like oh this is what he was talking about but you had seen Doctor Who prior, hadn't you? Watched some of the some of the stuff with your parents. Um, you mean like some classic old Doctor Who? Yeah. Oh, uh, no, no. I just knew about it from my mom. I see. I see. Uh, I knew they. I they wanted to watch Doctor Who because of watching that stuff, and they were like, "Yeah, it was the show back in the back in the sixties and the seventies." And I was like, "Oh, me." I love the voice of your parents. Yeah, it was the show. <laughs> That's exactly what they sound like. And Xander, you had you were the same in the same boat. Yeah, yeah. My mom was the the classic Who fan um, sure. that I had no idea about, um, and then she also had no idea about the new show. We we both saw an episode of uh, Tenants Run first together. Oh, I see. And she was like, "Oh, did they did they redo Doctor Who?" And I was like, did they redo what? <laughs> uh, yeah, so I think we watched two episodes, I think, of the, the Tenant era. Um, and then we we basically found the previous episode and then started from the first season. Yeah. Um, so I already knew, like, I, my shock was reversed. My shock was sure. like, who's this? <laughs> yeah, you go uh, back to episode one and you're like, yeah. wait. Maybe we Wait, what? This guy? <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. So 
I knew that the doctor changed. I didn't know how that happened. Uh, mm-hmm. So it was definitely interesting because I, I kind of, I, it was more of an expectation of being like, wait, how does this happen? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that I didn't, in hindsight, I'm glad that I didn't know about the regeneration um, because it not only threw me by surprise, which was really exciting, but also it helped me go through the Netflix DVD system to get a bunch of old Doctor Who episodes to revisit those that old show uh, to be like, oh, what what was the show like back then? Like I like I was on Wikipedia all the time and looking up all the references to the different Wikipedia has a thing had a or had a thing. I don't know if it still does um, on the Doctor Who episodes. What it would be like connections to the classic series, and so you would read like, oh, and this this is the reference to the classic series. And so I would read all that, and then I would go find the episode on Netflix and request the DVD and. <laughs> shit uh i watched a lot of doctor who episodes through that it was a lot of fun sure sounds like it um so i guess we should move it to david Tennant. yeah yeah bye eccleston sorry yeah. we only got one yeah. season with you goodbye yeah, yeah what do you guys think that second season would have looked like i don't know oh oh i've, I've i think they still like i think they still would have largely done the rose and the doctor falling in love story yeah Mm-hmm. probably it, those the seeds were planted in the mm-hmm. eccleston season mm-hmm. yeah um xander you said were you being sarcastic that you thought about it at length no no no. i actually have thought about it can you Cause summarize because I, I, I really <laughs> enjoyed eccleston um yeah in a in a brief summary it it plays into the like non-plot relevant stories that we got in tenant um would probably be kind of the same for eccleston I think a lot of those adventures and the, the way it goes as far as like the writing and stuff probably would have gone in the same direction. Mm-hmm. I do think that this it 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 is it would have been a much darker take. I think sure. it would have it would have not been as kind of like happy go lucky fun because Tenant brings a lot of that in. Yeah. So I think that the intense moments that like Tenant has would have been standard for Eccleston. Tennant sure. is so much. Tennant is, is, he knew exactly what he wanted to do with Doctor Who because of how much of a fan he was of the classic series. And so he, I'm sure he always knew, like, if I ever got the opportunity to play the Doctor, this is how I would do it. And when he shows up, that's exactly what he does. Um, yeah. He's very much he's very much in my opinion the only doctor that from the jump knows exactly what he's doing. Hmm, in my opinion anyway. Of the modern era, of the modern era, yeah. I think I might champion Matt Smith a little bit. I you see Matt Smith for me, he took he he took a season for me. Uh, to really like really like and even even then i don't i i prefer what he does with the doctor in his clara seasons than his amy seasons Uh, sure preferring it is one thing but i wouldn't say that he didn't know what he wanted to do with it yeah if anything what he wanted to do with it i think was fought by the writing Mm. i think but i I wouldn't i sorry go ahead sander okay and i just i think the first episode is is a I think maybe the the best explanation between both both of them. Mm-hmm. Um, it shows very well the characters that they want to be. So instead, of, I I think 
I think instead of being like, oh, one did, one didn't, it it Matt Smith's season, I think his first season starts out a little weaker than Tenants as far as like intention and their characterization as the doctor. Mm-hmm. I think their first episodes land pretty much the same as far as like, oh, this is the kind of doctor I want to play. Sure. I just feel Tennant is more able to follow through on that in part because he's not fighting the writing. They yeah. really start writing to him. Yeah. So pretty much right away. They're like, we know what we know how to write the actor. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, I think I, again, I, I don't rewatch the Matt Smith seasons as often as I do the David Tennant seasons. I can base, I basically remember every episode that David Tennant has ever done because of how much I've rewatched them in my life. Um, and I don't, and I haven't done that with Matt Smith, which is why I'm happy we're doing this because I will go back and rewatch some Matt Smith episodes. Um, uh, I'm ex- uh, so, so that'll be really interesting to do. But um, I really, I really like this first season. This first season has a lot of some of my favorites. I think him and I think him and Billy Piper have great chemistry. Um, yeah, uh, ju- like I think they're really good together. Um, one of the things that Davies does really well is like create this like expanded cast of characters like um that the doctor is exacerbated by like mickey like jackie like um um uh harriet um even the face of Bo shows up um no you already said jack and that's fair that's cute um but uh so and i really like how he like in interacts with these characters and and especially like as as the 10th doctor as david Tennant, um he treats mickey like a pet yeah which i think is pretty fun um there's the girl in the fireplace episode where he says where he's got the horse following him and rose is like you can't keep the horse i'd let you keep mickey mickey is so weird because like so weird you cast like an actor who it's like everybody knows sucks. And then you you write the character because you know everybody seems to think he sucks. Yeah. And so, like, I don't know. Like, they gave that guy no chances. No, they really didn't. No. Um, th- this is also the season that reintroduces Sarah Jane Smith. Sure. Uh, a, a third in, and fourth. In a really, really not as good as it could have been episode. It's a rough episode going back to it. Oh, it breaks my heart because it's also Anthony Stewart heads episode. And like, he is horrendously used. (laughs) Like Um, that is a, that is a tough rewatch that episode. I I went, I went back to rewatch that one. There's things I really like. And I think Sarah Jane and Rose are fine together. Yes, Um, obviously. They have a, they have some really great banter back and forth. Um, I think David Tennant is so clearly happy to be acting with a classic Who companion. One hundred percent. K nine, I love K nine. Unfortunately, um, a whole other plot is happening around those things. Yeah, that's not very good. <laughs> <laughs> what do you? What, the, I I've mentioned before on the show how much I hate like hacking shots because yeah. it's just a bunch of people like. Just typing on the computer on the computer keyboard as fast as they can. I got not with guys, like no sense of what they're doing. It's really tough to say it because it is the return of Sarah Jane Smith, but I I think that might be the, like the low point of the entire tenant run. Oh, mm. let me see. The I don't know entire? if an episode gets. I don't know if an episode gets lower to me. Which one is Fear Her? Oh, Fear Her is the Olympics episode. That's pretty good. 
Hmm. Idiot's Lantern with that one. What is the Idiot's Lantern? As the coronation of Elizabeth II nears the streets of... What is this episode? I don't remember this episode at all. They oh, isn't time. this isn't this the one with um where they're... Like, it's their first exposure to the television. And they're all watching the coronation and it's like... Oh. Yeah. Vaguely remember that Sucking one. away their faces. This season as a whole is not as strong as the first season. Ooh. Hmm. I don't know if I agree with that. There's quite a few episodes here that I'm just like, eh, yeah, they're okay. However, there's a lot of strong episodes here. I think the two-parter with the Cybermen is great. Yeah. Um, I think that episode is legitimately great. The Girl in the Fireplace, excellent episode. Really good. Um, really great episode. Two two uh, of my favorites from the entire Tenant run are The Impossible Planet and, and The Satan Pit. Oh, I Satan love those two. They're really so good. good. Yeah, I love The are, Satan Pit so much. Satan Pit's so episode. good. <laughs> When he's just hanging in nothingness, just talking to Rose, he's like, I don't even know if you can hear me. This is also probably a good time, I think, because I I, I listen to the music from that episode in particular a lot yeah. to shout out Murray Gold. Love which Murray also Gold. Murray Gold, a big Murray. reason why why Doctor Who is successful. Yeah, yeah, I like the, I like Murray I, Gold quite a bit. Was it is the Satan Pit where the the first introduction of the Ood? It's the Impossible Planet, but yes, the two-parter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The two-parter the impossible around planet. that. Right, right, right. God, yes. two-parters keep getting me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes, no, the, the Ood became, they were such like a like a a fan favorite for so much of the, the yeah. tenant run. They still are. Like, they're still a fan favorite new. I, I would argue them and the silence are probably two of the most beloved. Yeah of the yes. new creations there, there is a uh i don't know if this is a big finish creation um and i actually don't know when he was created but during the time lord victorious event that happened for the 50th anniversary of doctor who um met much of that event was centered around an assassin ood um mm. who is like who seemingly is mild manner you do you get you sparks I don't know. I know you know this, but Xander, do you know about the the, the protocol droid triple zero in Star Wars? So it's like kind of like psychotic protocol droid. He's basically evil C three PO. Got it. This is that's this is what who it's that like ood. evil yeah evil yeah, yeah it's that evil ood yeah yeah no there's uh, uh like a lot of the 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 new creatures and stuff I think are are fun. And I'm I'm not saying like they're not well done. I just the, that lasting power, that real impression, um, they don't really get the time I think to develop as much mm. because you get you get like a really good like basis of a character, and they do more stories where they reincorporate. And I think the the aliens and the the species that you see more often are the ones that fans start gravitating to because they're like, oh, there's more to love. I'm sorry. It's in a diff- it's in a different season, but there is one more more iconic of the new creations beyond the Ood and um, the other one I just said a second ago that the I silence. can't remember. The silence. Well, it's the Weeping Angels. Oh, the Weeping yeah, Angels no. quite no, iconic. Of course. Probably, hands hands probably down, the most. Yeah, hands down, easily. Although one hundred percent. Although I will, I will, I will, I will say this take and not and not. Um, expand on it until the next time we talk but oh. immediately overused 
immediately iconic and then immediately overused. <laughs> well, that's the thing. That's the thing, right? Is like they they grabbed people so hard. That, yeah, absolutely. They went they went hard on them. Yeah. Um, and like we we can get more into that later. And like you're going to see some more Weeping Angel stuff in. Uh, Whitaker's run. Oh, um, yay. Um, um, but but here's the thing is like, you know, just like Daleks and Cybermen, like if you've got the good, good reason to use them in a good story, like it doesn't matter. And I will I will argue this is one of the reasons I like Whitaker's third season. This is down the road conversation, but is because I do think it's a good use of the Weeping Angels. Sure. Um, can, I, can I also mention very quickly how. Yeah. How it really speaks to the show that as we talk about it, we have to keep referencing all the other parts of it. I don't think every show really is able to carry that. Um, I think as well as Doctor Who, it's it's just really interesting to constantly be brought to all the other aspects of it and how they kind of like are either used or play in. It's just, well, it's interesting. The thing is, the thing I love about Doctor Who and I and why I don't want it to ever really go away now is I think Doctor Who is the ultimate format and template for storytelling. I like you can tell any story in Doctor Who. You're really not limited by anything whatsoever. Um, you can you can make up whatever you want to tell whatever story you want inside of Doctor Who. Uh, and I think it's all also the reason why I'm like, I'll take. I'll take an episode every once in a while that I'm not a big fan of for like a banger uh, that we get in a season. Like, yeah, some of those. No, s- I agree. There's I think I think every season of Doctor Who has had like one episode that I'm like, that's a great episode of Doctor Who, though. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't think that that's ever been broken. Um, um, go ahead. Can I can I move us into Doomsday for the, the end of uh that tenants yeah, per season. Yeah. So so well, I'll I'll bounce you in because I want to say I think it was really interesting that instead of bringing back I remember by the way are exactly what I want I I want Star Trek to do with the Borg. Um I this idea that like on other planets on in different time periods the Cybermen have just shown up. Um like it is it is an inevitable evolutionary uh, moment that Cybermen show up and I want that to happen with the Borg also. Um, but what I really like about what I find so interesting about this introduction to the Cybermen is that they're parallel dimension. It's a parallel dimension version of the Cybermen, which is such an interesting idea. Just to be like, no, this isn't a Cybermen colony from Mondas or wherever um, this has happened. This is a parallel earth has created Cybermen. Right. And on this earth, Jackie Tyler is happily, happily married to uh, Rose's father, who's still right. alive. Yeah, that's that's a really interesting way to that they went about it. And I thought that was really good, especially having like the Cybermen earlier and then the Cybermen again and the Cybermen and the Daleks. Ultimately, uh, yeah. it, it made season two feel really grand at the time and really big in a, in a heavy uh-huh. hitting way. Um I, I think it's really funny that they're like, yeah, these Cybermen, they're from a parallel dimension. That's why they made like new slick designs. They're like, they're much bulkier. And I'm like, that's just the Cybermen from now on. Yeah, that's just, <laughs> that's, that's it. We've done it. Well, we really liked it. So that is, so the Cybermen look like that now. <laughs> um, they are. The two part finale, Army of Ghosts and Doomsday, um, as Andrew was about to talk about, are, are really interesting. 
Um, I I love the I love the kind of like we've got two stories here that we think are the same. We've got this ghost wave thing and we've got this sphere thing that nobody can really look at comfortably. Um, what are these, what are these things? How are they connected? Um, and it turns out, uh, and then when the Cyberman shows up, like, we don't know what that sphere thing is either. And they're like, excuse me, what the hell is this thing? Yeah. Um, I think it's a really good reveal. And then it turns out they're the Daleks, um, which are, this was the first time in Doctor Who history that the Daleks and the Cybermen have occupied the same episodes. Um, and it was such a, it's such a good moment. It's such a big, well, it's big the first time. Reveal. It's the first time in history that they're in the same scenes. They were both in the five doctors. They were just in separate scenes. Okay. But there wasn't like armies of the two of them. Sure. Um, but you did get me with that one. They, yeah. I'll, I'll acknowledge the flub. Um, but it, 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 it felt different here. Yeah, I, I get you. Um, I, I, I think this two part, it was really, it was really fun. Um, especially when they're bickering back and forth. It's some of the funniest dialogue between the Daleks and the Cybermen just insulting each other. Yeah. I love that they hate each other. Yeah, me too. Right. There's um, beauty in there. There is beauty in there. Um, and this is also when we get to say about we have to say about a rose. Yeah. Okay. So that's that's specifically where I want to touch on. Yeah. Um, the absolute stranglehold that that scene on the beach had on me as a teenager was insane. Yeah. Uh, that the the whole like build up to being like, oh, they're they're going to be separated. Like he can't he can't fix this, and. And I think in New Who up until then, there was always like some way that like the important parts were able to be like resolved or stayed or fixed. Mm-hmm. Um, even with uh uh you know the doctor, he dies, but you know, he comes back, he's different, but he's back. Um it was just it was it felt so final. I think I think um, the one exception just to say is uh, I think the only other like loss mm-hmm. that they really take in all of this, like heavy loss uh, up to this point is, is the Satan pit. Right. Yes. No, like that, totally that leaves them. Rough. Yeah. Rattled. Yeah. Um, and, and in that it's, it's, it was really interesting. Uh, in my mind, before we went into this, Rose was in much more of tenants life than I thought. <laughs> oh Yeah. Like I was, I was so sure she had way more than just his first season. Well, she sure. comes back, and no, and like that's fair. But I mean, like as as really a, a like adventuring companion, you know? Sure. Yeah. Um, and it, it's it's interesting because like yes, they start to build that dynamic, um, in the the you know at, at the start of the new new series you have you know you have the the doctors here they they start this kind of like pseudo romantic dynamic but it doesn't fully develop and you see that like rose kind of has a thing for the doctor but then the doctor changes and she's like well do i still have a thing for you and the answer is yes mm-hmm. um <laughs> and the answer the answer then, is you look younger now so yes right, exactly <laughs> and like and that's it and then 
and it's two seasons, and then it's over. And and the Doctor yeah. and Rose have like instant chemistry. They're yeah. I think it's written their their whole like flirty dynamic is written really well. Sure, I agree. Yeah, and I then so. and then he gets that moment where he's like Rose, I, and it's over, and yeah. he's devastated, and I'm like. Oh my god. I think the reason I think Rose is in so much more of it is because like that scene lived in my head for so long. Yeah. It's 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 oh, it's something, man. Like it it was this was the first companion loss we've had we've had to experience, like as Doctor Who fans, really, and it was heartbreaking. That's the that's the day you learn that Doctor Who can hurt you. One hundred percent. You're like oh, you're you know. like oh, oh no. no, oh no, I could be hurt. <laughs> and I and um, I, I, God, it it hurt me so much. And I was like, God, I don't know, I don't know about you know switching up who he comes like travels with and everything. Um, and then and then I get a glimpse of Donna, and I'm like, never mind. <laughs> oh yeah, because we we get our first look at Catherine Tate as donna uh-huh. noble in the in this episode because it ends with her with her appearing in the tardis Excellent. um which is such a great reveal and you're like what the hell yeah. um the runaway bride which is the episode which is the next episode is the christmas special of that year um was the first time that i took note of murray gold's score sure. um i had always appreciated the music of doctor who but there's a specific track in the runaway bride that i was so obsessed with that I kept replaying that I was like, I need the soundtrack. I need to listen to this track over and over again. Um, For me, I, I think I took I where I really took note of it was, as I said, the impossible planet has a track that like really stands out to me. Also doomsday. Yeah. Had a really important, mm-hmm. had a really big one. Um, But, but the runaway bride certainly like, I think that's where he starts to get a lot of new energy into the doctor's yeah. theme mm-hmm. and his music, like for the 10th doctor. And then everything like goes bananas, like cuckoo bananas, like whatever you might think of later seasons of doctor who Matt Smith, whatever beyond that. Um, Murray gold's always killing it. Oh yeah. 100%. Great music all around. Again, notwithstanding the Whitaker era, Cause that's not Murray gold, which is a mistake. What do you got? What, what are your guys' opinions on Martha? I love Martha. And I think it really sucks that, like, I understand the the idea of having a character like her right after Rose, who also falls in love with him and recognizes this is unhealthy. I'm going to leave. And I'm like, mm-hmm. there's value in that. I don't know why we had to do it with the black actor um, and like kick her out of the show. Um, I think she gets the shit end of the stick as a character. And mm-hmm. uh, because I like her as an actor, it's a bummer to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I don't think she's like necessarily one of the greatest companions, but I do think she gets maybe the Ross deal of the modern companions. Sure. I like she's just kind yeah. of given the worst slot. Like she's between yeah, two her. of the best. And like, especially this is where I think introducing Donna early, maybe fucked her up a little bit because Donna will be the next companion. And even if you don't know that yet, after you follow Rose, just as Xander said, it's like you meet Donna and you're like, oh my God, Donna's great. And then it's like, cool. You like that lady? Here's Martha. What do you think of Martha? And it's like, wow, that's, yeah. a lot of, that's a lot of shit yeah. to put on Martha. 
Yeah. No, especially because like Donna did become, I think probably my my favorite companion in New Who. Mm-hmm. Um. Just yeah, I think I think that's correct. Yes. Um, She's mine. She's my favorite. Yeah. Uh. It. I hate. I hate to say this, but I. <laughs> I forgot about Martha. Interesting. I. I obviously like. I see it now, and I'm like, okay, yeah, no, I remember all those episodes. It's like I remember enjoying them, but I think a lot of what Sparks says lands with her getting a raw deal, where she's not incredibly memorable, aside from the arc of, oh, I like you. Uh, you're not really in a space where where that you're going to be healthy for anyone. I'm going to go. Sure. I I think it really says something that like even when the BBC itself and and other things are like remember the good times and they'll be like Eccleston, Billy Piper, David Tennant, Catherine Tate, good times <laughs> and you're be like damn guys what about Martha why do we never talk yeah. about Martha I think especially I think because be- like the way the way Martha's story ends with her having mm-hmm. lived that year. Um, uh, such a good, such a good part of the story so where she goes around the world telling people about the doctor. Yeah. It's a really good companion story. It it is it is the one part of Martha's story that like I can immediately remember. Right, everything else takes yeah, everything else takes time, but that one bit of like her that whole year telling the story, going through all that, such a great scene, such a way to like utilize that character's dynamic yeah yeah and i think because of that like i really think that she gets the raw end of the stick on this one because like there there's really nothing wrong with her like as a companion as an actress like uh she's got good chemistry with david Tennant. i think people just in my opinion unfairly get annoyed with the one-sided love story um, which isn't necessarily a bad thing to try to write. Like I, I, I don't think they were wrong to write that story. Um, I, I may, maybe if they had written a different one, maybe she'd be remembered better, but I don't know. I have, I always liked Martha. I was, I was a, um, on a Martha train from the jump. Yeah. I, I really, I really like, uh, uh, Freema Egeman. I think that's yeah. how you say her last name. Um, I, I really like what she's trying to bring to Martha. I just don't feel like the writing of the season and the structure of it serves her. Yeah. Um, and I think it's a bummer because like there's great episodes here with her. There's some really great stories, but I'll tell you what, and it's two of my favorite episodes in this. I think these episodes screw her honestly, and it's human nature in the family of blood. I was about to say the same thing because while I think those are incredible episodes. Yeah. Boy, do I think they would work better for a companion if the companion was Donna. Um, But it's Mm. specifically because Martha is in love with the doctor. And that's something you know about her. And then we're doing this story where he forgets who he is and falls in love with someone else, a different human in front of her that I'm like, this all kind of sucks. Yeah. Like this, Uh, like for the Martha angle of this, this is really crap. Yeah. I I'm so glad you brought those two episodes up because they are two they're two of my favorites. I don't remember oh, liking them. 
much when when I first watched it, but over time I've really become they're, they're two of my favorites of the season by far. I think about I think about the the ending of Family of Blood where he's like, now we knew we knew why the doctor told us to run. He was being kind, yeah, uh, because he punishes them so severely. I for re- what I, he got put through. I have never forgotten the track, uh, this the track for the, on the season um, of when he's, when he's crying, when John Smith is crying, like, I, I, I don't want to be this person. I want to be me. I want like, right. why, why would you take away? Why would you take away my life? And like, they re they they imagine the life that they could have lived together. And that music, that swirling, beautiful orchestra playing throughout this family life that John Smith could have had with this woman. And just, just to end it with, opening the fob watch and becoming the doctor again. It's just heartbreaking. Very, very tough. And again, this is, as I alluded to earlier, this is where you get those sketches. That's like doctor who is canon classic doctor who there it is. (laughs) See some old guys faces. I remember the fans all, I remember the fans all being like, Oh, it is you doctor who. (laughs) The, the, the part I think that really, I think that highlights is that, Every companion gets, I think, some kind of agency in the story mm-hmm. that I don't believe Martha really gets. It's because it's because Martha, as a character throughout the season, is forced to give up her agency in the pursuit of this love of the Doctor and only gets her agency at the very end when she gets to say, I'm in love with you and you're not in love with me and that's not good for me. So I'm leaving. Which as a story arc is interesting, but it like, it hurts her so much. It robs her the whole time up to that point. Yeah. 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 Really, Um, really unfortunate. The, the episode from this season that I remember the most is Gridlock. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Yeah. I, there's, there was something about, about it that felt very like it didn't it wasn't like an emotionally heavy episode it wasn't like you know this whole thing it just i don't know there was something so very like sci-fi about it Mm. that stuck with me and then uh the entire like exchange they have at the very end of that episode like sticks with me as well like i don't know it it i think the face of the face of Bo. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there, the whole setup with the face of Bo is also so good. Yes. Um, but yeah, I think there was something specifically about that episode that really was like, oh, this is. Can I, you know what? I think it was my first episode. I think this is why I remember it so fondly. Sure. I think Red Luck was the first episode I ever saw. Um, I w- I would be remiss if I didn't mention this, but there's another two-parter in the season called uh, Daleks in Manhattan and Evolution of the Daleks. Um, not particularly memorable or great episodes, I don't think. Um, I think they're they're fine. Uh, Andrew Garfield, Andrew Garfield's in the first one. Um, oh, sure, sure. He he plays a little New York kid, a, new, a little New York newsie who gets killed by the Daleks, and I just think that's really cool. It's so wild. <laughs> um, just a few years later, he'd be Spider Man. Um, yeah, for real though. The interesting thing I think about Gridlock, and like, it almost makes me want to watch them this way, is that Gridlock is like the third time we return to a, a rough idea of what's sketched out in the end of the world and new earth. Um, mm-hmm. 
like he keeps getting back into like a, a similar like he's picking up on a narrative. This is something that um, Davies seems to be doing is he's picking up at a similar point just a little further, which is kind of interesting. Um, but I never watched him close enough to like, I wonder what that would feel like if you were watching it from the perspective of the people who are being revisited by the doctor. Sure. Mm. Especially because there's quite a few years between new earth and gridlock. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like within the, within the timeline of the, yes, of the show. Yes. Um, the Lazarus experiment is fine. Uh, um, I'll shout out, I'll shout out the Shakespeare code. I think that's a solid episode. That is a solid episode. Yes. No, I agree. It unfortunately um, has the, has the line, good old JK Rowling though. Um, <laughs> what are you gonna do he he'd like just been in goblet of fire like whatever that's true that's true um it, it is unfortunate that that has aged because like that whole episode he is like really like thirsting after jk rowling he's like oh wait till you read the seventh book because it had to come out at the time yeah yeah um, yeah yeah and it, it's it's uh it, you get it's it still you a good get episode. it it's nobody's fault no it's still a good episode though um course we have to talk about blink yeah that's the introduction one of the most one of the most famous episodes in doctor who because um so many people used it as a tool for a jump on point um Mm -hmm. and for for people who hadn't watched it yet and this it kind of like piggybacks off of another episode so there i don't remember if season four does this but season two and three both have episodes not from the doctor's perspective uh the love and monsters was the first one with the right. alien from clom uh and and um uh that's a weird episode um and then although it has a scooby-doo door run which i've always appreciated um sure and uh and this one blink which is yeah. um one of the most iconic episodes of the show yeah is is the one you were just talking about from season two is that the one where they're like in a group talking about the doctor yeah, and there's the, there's the like the episode. big fat guy that's uh that's stealing yeah 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 he's, yeah, he's yeah, like yeah, yeah the what's it I just remember he's called the Absorbaloft. He never was changed. a uh, never changed Doctor <laughs> Who. He was a a alien designed by a little kid, and it was he won a, the little kid won a contest, and they incorporated him into the show. That's so oh. cute. Yeah, um, that's yeah, that I remember that episode being a ton of fun. Yeah, blink and hang um, on and hang hang on. I'm not done. That episode oh, ends oh. with a blowjob joke. <laughs> they they all should because because the, the the doctor saves the dude's like love interest who's I think moaning Myrtle from Doctor Who. Um, and uh, and uh, it, it, she's just in a slab of concrete, a face in a slab of concrete, and the, and he the whole time he's been filming, so he's like, oh, we need to. We need to go now. Because like the, the slab is like, you should turn off the camera now. Um, I'm just saying. <laughs> it's how the episode ends. It's really weird. Sure. Well, you know, right, anyway. Davies is a little horny sometimes. So it's <laughs> it is what it is. Boy, if you've seen his Casablanca, you know for how, how much that's true. Sure, sure. No, I mean, like, I know. Um, yeah. uh, we I all know. know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I wanted to ask, like, um, no, I don't even want to ask. I'll just give my opinion about it. I don't think Blink is necessarily a great, hey, watch Doctor Who episode. Yeah. Um, I think it's obviously a great episode of television. I think a lot of people could get on board with enjoying it, and they don't have to know a lot of Doctor Who stuff. So, like, if you just want them to enjoy a single episode of good television, it's like, yeah, sure. It's not, to me, like, you know what you're in for if you watch Blink. 
Sure. You know, I don't think yeah. Blink is is I think Blink is arguably too a too removed from the presence of the doctor and b too too high quality to measure against mm. the average of Doctor Who. Uh yeah. like you're not you're not properly being prepared for the show you're going to watch if you're going to dive in at, with Doctor Who like if you go from Blink to rose i think you're like oh okay that's fine and then you're gonna hit the end of the world and you'll be like this is a these are choices and then you're gonna hit the solidity and you'll be like wow (laughs) (laughs) or let's say you only go back to tenant you'll be like cool fun popping along and pretty soon you'll hit school reunion and we've already talked about that one so (laughs) um i don't disagree with that at all uh, I think Blink has a lot of funny moments, like when she's ripping the wallpaper and it's the message from the doctor telling her to duck and and whatnot. Um, oh, the, it's very it sharp. Is, it introduces the Weeping Angels, which were immediately iconic character, iconic villains. Um, the this was back when Moffat was writing only hits because you had the Empty Child and the Doctor Dances were the only two Moffats from the fir- first season. Mm. Yeah, um, you've got ahead. you've got the girl in the fireplace, which is the only Moffat story there, and then you get Blink, and like it's all just like hit after hit after hit. You're like, God damn, God yeah. damn, they're just killing it with these. I which is why when he was, which was why when he was announced as showrunner, we were all like, Hell yeah, yeah. It's very different being showrunner and then just being a writer on the show. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I I actually want him to come back as like to do an episode or two in the new series. Oh sure, I wouldn't be surprised if he did. Yeah, yeah. Me him, him and him and Chibnall probably because Chibnall's also in the mix here. Yeah. Uh, uh, Chibnall, who would become showrunner for just the Whitaker era, like he's he's in the mix as a writer here pretty early on as well. Yeah, uh, Blink um, is uh, <sighs> Blink is so again it's so detached that people are like, oh, this is easy to to jump in on because you don't need to know everything. And God, no, I think I just want to agree with with you, Sparks. I, it's it's too removed from who. Uh, but I mean, great episode, God, great episode, great episode. The 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 amount of times that I saw the the message. Don't turn back. Doctor Don't look away. Yeah. Yeah. That they they used on like TV spots for like uh you know don't don't change the channel kind of stuff. Uh it was on uh it was on a whole bunch of YouTube videos and like it was I think I think really one of the more like I think it was one of the first real like Doctor Who memes that became like really popular. Sure. I think there's like a I think who has like a few that became like really like this episode relevant at large. This episode also introduced wibbly wobbly timey wimey into the vernacular. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Very Which, important. Yeah. Very important. Both both really, really stuck. So no, there's uh there's something to be said about about Blink not just being great at a great episode, but I think really a catalyst for for who into pop culture at large. I will I will say I think it's like a turning point of where right around Blink is when it hits like it starts to hit a fervor of people being like Doctor Who can be really good, um, and like right. like fans get rabid like more people should be seeing this. This shit is like nuts when it's when it's on fire. It's on fire, um, 
and I, I do think like Blink is kind of the the cresting over that wall a bit. And um, why and why when you get into that last season of Tenet, I think Doctor Who has started to really spin up in popularity. You mentioned Chris Chibnall. Um, I didn't realize that the first episode he wrote for Doctor Who wasn't this season. It's um, 42. Yes, 42. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's really interesting that this season has two future showrunners writing for it. Yeah, well, I mean, they were all good friends. And so Chibnall, Chibnall took over as showrunner later down the road because he also started in the writer room on Doctor Who with with Moffat and Davies. And like they're they're friends in real life. So like I yeah. get it. Um, and like they're all classic Who dorks. So like uh, um, he just he just makes choices as I think it's I think Davies. I think Davies was already more familiar with what it meant to be a showrunner when he started and Moffat and Chibnall were not. And so I think they make fumbling choices. I think what's interesting is that mm -hmm. I, 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 this is not a criticism of either Moffat or Chibnall. Um, I think Russell T. Davies was more focused on introducing a lot of new and less focused on looking back at some of the classic. Again, not a criticism because I really like how Moffat especially uses some classic Doctor Who material. Um, yeah. The classic Daleks and the classic Cybermen both make appearances. The Ice Warriors, like all that, like you don't see that stuff in the in the, in the um, Davies eras. Um, but I, I find it so interesting that, um, as Sparks said, they are all three classic Who fanatics. Um, Davies is the only one that really restrained himself from using classic who elements he was very much focused on what what can we do new if we introduce a classic who who villain, how do we make it new how do we how do we not make it look like it did back then sure um, i find that really fascinating and again not a criticism of either of either of the future eras because i again i really like them i think um, i think davies wields the classics carefully yeah um and I wouldn't say necessarily that 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 what I'm saying is Moffat and Chibnall don't. I just think he, Davies is simply better at it. Sure. Um, with how he is selective. While we're talking about how Blink is, um, again, because it's directly after Family of Family of Blood and, and thus Human Nature, that's three episodes in a row where guess who doesn't really matter to the story? Martha, Martha. Jones. Yeah. And so like it's really hard when you have like three solid episodes in a row and you kind of are sitting there going, why is Martha here? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's too bad. Um, but I want to talk about the three part finale. Um, yeah. mm -hmm. Utopia, The Sound of Drums and The Last of the Time Lords. Sure. Um, the end of Utopia. I rewatched it. I rewatched it last night um, yeah. because I hadn't seen it in quite a while. And that ending hits like really hard when when doctor who was was like on all cylinders for me was when it was like you know the the music the murray gold music was like really energetic and like really pumping up uh they're just pushing buttons they're just flipping switches and pushing buttons spouting nonsense at each other and just david Tennant's yelling for some reason you're like i don't know why you're yelling but i'm so interested right um because like at the end of that episode professor yana who's this kind of like mild-mannered like professor that we've met at the end of time at the end of the universe um is kind of like uh he's got a fob watch and martha knows what that is what a good way of bringing the fob watch thing back around too i love it so much um yeah. and and like this th like this season more so than the previous two 
had been incorporating like every episode influenced (laughs) the finale almost like every episode was introducing elements that were going to pay off in the three-part finale um the big one being the fob watch but like starts it like really starts in gridlock when he when he says you are not alone right um uh, oh man how that (laughs) how that hits yeah man it's like so maybe you're not the last time it's like no no i am he was wrong yeah and then and then it's revealed and then and like the doctor is is like i yeah it's great that there's another time lord but which one because like that's a big factor which one could this be um and he's and and it's revealed that professor yana is the master which is not not only is this which by the way as structure story structurally uh, story structure wise it's the only time lord it could be like it's not going to be like like whoever it's not gonna be anyone right trevor the uh, desk clerk time lord right it's going to be the master but like sure. from the doctor's timeline the master was dead he didn't know that the master was fighting the time war right um and so like he's so he's like thinking to himself like who the hell could this be survivor of the time war all the time lords are gone and then to have this big reveal be the master it's so it's hits so well and you just see david Tennant like stand there in front of the tardis talking to uh now john sim because derek jacoby uh regenerates um and the two of them just kind of having this moment where it's like it there's nowhere else for you to go where it's just you and me please like let's let's talk about this let's have a heart to heart it's heartbreaking yeah it's such a good moment and then going into the sound of drums and again you get John Sim and David Tennant on the phone together, just like John Sim's like, "Where's Gallifrey?" And he's like, "It's gone. I burned it. It's all gone." And just that that kind of like, I really like seeing the two Time Lords together because we hadn't had Time Lord action in the past two se- in the past three seasons. Um, and Jack comes back. Jack has a great has a great entrance in the Utopia um, because, especially if you're watching Torchwood at the time, which I was. Um, yes, the end of Torchwood season one ends with the hand bubbling and Jack taking it, running into an episode of Doctor Who. And like, that's that was such a good, like, holy shit, it's all connected, guys. Yeah, it's all that connected. Was, <laughs> that was a very, that was a very hype moment, which is what Davies wanted because he tort, he really wanted Torchwood to pop off too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Torchwood yeah. season one's pretty rough, but that was, there's some good episodes in it. And that was specifically like really cool. Yeah. I remember that hype. I remember it. Good times. Um, yeah. Now the uh, man, the the music that I don't know whatever song that played in in the sound of drums. Here come the, the drums. sound of drums. Yeah, here come the drums. It it, it God, that was such an earworm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah same. Just There's a lot of great. Like, Brandon, Brandon, and I listened to that a lot in high school together. There's <laughs> that, and um, I can't decide. Yeah. Which is in, in the beginning of the next episode, the last yeah. of the Time Lords. Sure. Um, there's a lot of really great moments. John Sim was a very good master, I think. He's very fun. Oh yeah. Um, there we get we're introduced to units Valiant, uh, uh, the 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 Valiant kind of uh, super super aircraft carrier, shields helicarrier. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and um, the Toclophane when it's revealed in the last of the time Lords, who they are, that there are the people that at the end of time is mm. so good. Um, and it's nice to have Jack back. 
I think Jack and David Tennant, uh, yeah. John Barrowman, David, David Tennant work really well together. I agree. Um, it was a good time to bring Jack back into the story. Yeah. Uh, I thought that all worked really well. Um, again, like Martha's story of her going around and telling the story and it revitalizes him and turns him young again because he's old and, and like in his Dobby phase. <laughs> yeah, because he's, because he's like, he's like tiny. Yeah. 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 That was weird. It was. It was, it was an interesting choice. But yeah. what a, what a, man, it's, it's wild that, that Jack Harkness really is the the one thing connected through that that arc of of tenant and and even Eccleston is like oh it's it Jack Harkness that's the that's the connecting thread here yeah yeah and like finding the the like coming back to the hand uh from uh uh the yeah. from the first tenant episode um yeah. I I remember quoting lines from Utopia like uh we're we're from uh we're I'm a bit of a hermit. Uh we're hermits united. Like I remember like quoting shit like that for like years. Um there's so many great great moments in, in the finale that I yeah. I really love. Yeah. It's such a such a great like it's 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 really strong. Yeah. And, and I mean God, John Simmons the as the master was so good to have yeah. such little time to like really develop a character. Yeah, and try to put in all the all that emotional that stuff. So well done. It it was yeah. it was really good. I think this is also a good time to talk about just like David Tennant's growing performance as the Doctor, being mm. really really strong because he gets to be like far more happy and carefree when he starts because like Rose has brought joy into his life, and then when he loses Rose, that's him like sinking back into loss all over again loss becomes real to him and like we get so many more layers of how that's affecting him and like he's being constantly kind of re-traumatized by loss uh after that point which he has to learn to to kind of let go of yeah and like don is the person who like ultimately helps him get more on a balanced path okay. yeah um john sam to speak about what 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 Sander was saying like the master being revealed as the prime minister of England um, is such a good, horrifying reveal <clears throat> that the doctor's greatest enemy now controls the country that he loves so much. Like essentially yeah. um, public enemy, number one and all that. Um, yeah, man. I, yeah. It's a good season. Uh, just just good. Just solid. It's a very, uh, it's a very good three part finale for sure. Yeah. Yes. But let's, we should probably move into season four then. And this, and yep. frankly, the strongest stuff for Martha in the whole season. Yes, I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. Because that's where her, as you alluded to, Xander, that's where her agency gets to come in. Yeah. Uh, to that, so the Christmas special of that episode of that seat of that year was Voyage of the Damned, which I'm only going to mention because we it's our first introduction of Bernard Cribbins, um, mm, sure. as Wilfred Mott. Um, yeah who needs to be shouted out every single time because he's amazing. He's wonderful. Um, I really like Voyage of the Damned. I, oh, I really like episode. I, love, episode. I, I like Voyage of the Damned too. It's also like the first time we get a, a clean, like no matter how much they'd screw around with it after this, but he's uh, uh, the doctor saying I am 903 years old. Uh, yeah, like, yeah. Solid like age date stated. It's a good speech. And, and now yeah. there's no way of knowing how old the doctor is. 
No, but I won't get into that. Um, <laughs> uh, but we, there's this is also this is the episode. This is the season where we get who is Xander already said. Uh, I think I already said my favorite companion of the new Who series. Donna is, I think, the best companion. She's yeah. not my personal favorite, mm. um, but that's just like a preference of taste. Mm-hmm. But she, I do like. She is my number two in favorite. Oh, did we lose you? Oh, I, I think. Okay, yeah. I, what I was saying is simply that uh, I think Donna is, in a broad sense, she is the best companion for the mm-hmm. Doctor, especially for Tennant's Doctor at this point in time. Right. Um, yeah. I think she she isn't pining for him. She's not a person who will. She feels truly like his friend, which is mm-hmm. not something we've mm-hmm. had with New Who Doctor. Um, and she brings a balance to him. Um, mm-hmm. And makes him the best version that, of himself that he can be. For for a moment, who who is your favorite? Oh, uh, Clara. Ah, okay, okay. See, I I'm uh, making the distinction between like who's the best companion and who's your favorite. I I think I think Donna is still both for me, but it's it's a very very close tie with rory specifically oh i love rory i love rory i love i love rory so much more than his wife whose name i can't remember but i think there's a but i think there's a solid argument to be made that is he really the doctor's companion or is he amy's yeah no that's fair (laughs) but like we're just saying companions here. We didn't no, really I know, I know. <laughs> I, I like I said, there's an argument to be made, but it's really splitting hairs. But I think uh, happy to give Rory his flowers. Rory is wonderful, and and uh, you know, like we'll yeah. talk about him. We'll talk about Clara at a later date. Yeah, no, of course. Um, but. Uh, but it's it's one of those things where it's really it's really close, and I think that to some extent it's just like more time with Clara. Yeah. That's um, and if I'd had more time with Catherine Tate, this might be different. Um, but I still think she is a very strong companion. Um, yeah, for the for the one very important she gets one. Real strong impression. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think about what would be. No, it's yeah. To me, for me, it's Donna. Uh, we'll get. We'll talk about Clara later. But I don't even think she cracks top five for me. Um, yeah, that's uh, a common thing I've heard. Forrest, our, our friend Forrest, flat out hates Clara. Oh, I don't hate any companion. I want that clear. Oh, no, um, he hates Clara. He he actively told me that he was really happy that that because he hadn't even watched the season. But he was like, <laughs> I'm really happy she dies. <laughs> oh, 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 buddy. God. He was like, I'm really happy that's the way she's taken out of the story. Not that she leaves. I'm happy she dies. And I'm like, oh, my God. I want to I want it on wow. record. I have never felt that way about a companion. <laughs> sure. Um, yeah. But and, and we'll talk about my issues with Clara later. Um, sure, sure, sure. It's mostly writing and, and, and things like that. But mm-hmm. um, but yeah, Donna is. Donna so clearly like comes in like as a as a. It's time to stop writing someone falling in love with David Tennant. It's time to start writing someone yes. as his friend. And yeah. Catherine Tate and David Tennant are clearly great friends and so like having that play off of each other is uh really good like really bouncing off of that chemistry that's already just there 
Right. Um, it, it works so well. And her, their first episode together in this season, Partners in Crime, is really funny. Yeah. With the those, adipose. The, yeah, with the those adipose. guys, they were so popular as like plushies. I had little, stress, like, I had a stress guys. doll. I had a stress yeah, doll of one. They were so popular stress dolls too. I, uh, man, they they really capitalized with that one. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm I'm looking through the episode list right now, and uh, but, but I also want to shout out Fires of Pompeii, which I think is a good episode, but it's Peter Capaldi's first Doctor Who episode. Yeah, that's true. I, this is fun. I I love it because Peter Capaldi is my favorite Doctor. Oh, and Karen Gillan, it's first ep- first yeah, episode. Karen yes, Gillan's also in true. that. Yeah. 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 But uh, um. Partners in Crime is really, really good. The the reunion scene uh, for the Doctor and Donna is is so strong. Mm, um, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah uh, Donna Donna has Donna also has the benefit, to be honest with you, of I think a, a almost a perfect ten run on episodes. And I mean by that that these are all strong episodes for yes. Doctor Who, and they all serve Donna too. Sure. Which is which is as we just talked about, definitely not something that Martha got, um, yeah. and I don't even think always something Rose got either. Um, yeah. yeah, we got we have yeah, Planet of the Ood. Um, the Santaran episodes are pretty good. Um, Very good, love them. Uh, the Doctor's Daughter, uh, classic. Don't we one also? Of my don't we also get the Jadoon somewhere in here too? The Jadoon, or is that in a previous season? No, it's at the finale. In the and in, in the two part finale, they go to the Shadow Proclamation, and the Jadoon are working for them. Yeah. Um. Got but it. yeah. Um, yeah. No. Martha, by Plan- the way, Plan- in the Centauran episodes. Right. Mm-hmm. That's right. Um, Martha also also guest starred on an episode of Torchwood this same season. That's true. I, I appreciated that. I kind of wanted Martha to stay on Torchwood because I like I would have been happy for that for her. Mm-hmm. Uh, it felt like she should have or like that was the time to do a unit show that was led by Martha. That's the thing is like Martha. Martha deserved another place to tell to do more with that actor. Just, and, and justice for Martha. Yeah. Martha's Hashtag also Martha. Martha's also a companion. Like there there are some things I kind of wish new Doctor Who would do, and I think we might get it at one point. We'll we'll definitely get into like where I think they should have done it at a mm. later date. Um, but there are two things I kind of want Doctor Who to do. I kind of want a season with no set companion, and that the Doctor just like shows up and a greater weight on the characters the Doctor encounters wherever they are. Mm. I know that's almost taboo, but I think it'd be really refreshing, especially if the Doctor's coming off like an important moment where it's like, it makes a lot of sense to not have a companion right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you could do it. And I think you get the flavor of that. We'll get into it with the tenant specials. Um, uh, but we'll get there uh, next time. Um, but the other thing I want to see Dr. Who do is bring a companion. You could argue we're kind of doing that now, but I, I would like it for like a full season, bring a companion back on to be with the doctor for like, but but like this is David Tennant getting back together with Donna. I'd like a new doctor with an old companion actually coming back to the TARDIS. And I think Martha would be a great candidate right. for it. You know who I'd legitimately want to see become doctor companions? I tweeted about it just today is Clyde and Ronnie from Sarah Jane Adventures. Sure. I think they would I think they would legitimately be great companions for a future version of the doctor. Yeah, that could be fun. Um 
yeah, it's it's one of the things I'm those are two things I've really felt like I'd want to see and, and like I'd want to see it with Martha. But but it's happening with Donna. So, hey, Donna might go up in my rankings. Who knows? Yeah, it's true. No, it's fair. Um, I got every there's so many bangers this season. No, I it's I, like every single one. I want to shout out uh, the doctor's daughter. Like we we have to, right? Like it's David Tennant's wife. It's Georgia yes. Moffat. Um, the daughter, the actual daughter of the fifth doctor. Um, like it, it's, it's in, like, this is such a cool episode, such a cool meta episode looking back at it now. Um, uh, and I, I'm, I know big finish has done stuff with, with Jenny. Yeah. Um, but I always lamented that she never came back in the show. I absolute same. fan outcry to see her again in some capacity was yeah. insane and to never have had a response to that I, I honestly I think was a was a missed opportunity with the show yeah I agree with that um, um there's another Moffat episodes the forest of the dead and oh don't go there yet don't go yet don't go there yet um uh just the Sontaran episodes like we said planet of the ood more ood good time Adigana. with the ood I love the ood um, what was planet, the, what was, which one was Planet of the Ood? Which one was that? Uh, is isn't that the one where it's focused on them being slaved, enslaved? Oh mm-hmm. yes, and they're on the, and then we um, visit them again later, yeah, yeah. and there, and the people are, are the people are doing the thing where they're like the Ood love being enslaved, and it's like, Ooh, yeah, that's so yeah. true. And then <laughs> wow. they're freed, and they have the the whole thing where they they start talking about Doctor Donna. Oh yes, that's where the, the Dr. Which, Donna starts showing. Which up. where that starts? Oh man, really, really. Good. I love that whole like like plot line. So I'm much. I'm now re- I'm now thinking like I really need to go watch it back and actually watch all these episodes, especially with Donna coming back for the specials. I, I probably should just do that, um, yeah. because these are all top tier. Um, so Silence in the Library, Force of the Dead, Stephen Moffat's two parter episodes, which introduce River, River. Song. Um, uh, which is unbelievably exciting at the time. Oh um, yeah, people people losing their goddamn minds. Like, oh my god, someone from the future of his timeline. Holy shit! <laughs> at, like the the possibilities of where River, I so just a spoiler because most of River stuff happens in the Matt Smith era. Um, mm. I was very excited for River. I think ultimately River kind of falls flat during the Matt Smith era. Um, we don't really get, I think it's kind of a missed opportunity with the character. Yes, I, I do agree. really love the husband of river song though, which is her final episode. Um, yes. Like, I sure. really love that episode, Very um, good. but I really liked, uh, I really liked the idea of this, this future companion who might be more like, what is this care? What is this character to her? Oh, we, they straight diary? up, they straight up say, she says, I'm your wife. Yeah, like, um, and we're all like, "You're his what?" Yeah, um, the whole, the whole. How do I, how do I trust you? And especially, especially for a fandom that still had not forgotten or forgiven Rose being yeah. taken away. Um, yeah, yeah, being like, she's his what now? <laughs> and the end of the episode, like it's it's like it's very Stephen Moffat. It's create it creates a, a a terrifying villain that um that that is kind of um really poetic he writes it really poetically but one of my one of the things that i always remember is the end of that episode where he's like he like he's like okay yeah we'll leave this and then he's like why would i leave him a screwdriver why would i leave her the screwdriver what's what's so important about this i knew i would have had a plan i had 
years to think of a plan. Um, and he like opens it and the thing is in there that you've been seeing the, the terrifying thing. And you're just like, yeah. and he's just like, I got it. And he just, he just sprints through the library and you're like, save her. Yes. David Tennant is nothing if not a runner for this show. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. He, his runs are iconic. Yeah. Silence, silence in the library and forest of the dead are really, really strong. And two of my favorite Moffat episodes, both because yeah. of the river song execution at the time, but also because of the, the, the idea of the villain, this, this, this paper that has turned against you. What's the, 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 the creatures the, that live in the, in the paper, yeah. the trees that were turned into paper. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That live in the, the shadows. I uh, love it. Yeah. I love it. I think that's really, really cool. Um, really yes. cryptic, really creepy. The imagery um, of the the ash the the skeleton inside the suits. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely iconic. And this would this would kind of like pop up. This pops up throughout all of Stephen Moffat's writings. This idea of like he he and honestly it got a little got a little old uh, during his run, but like this idea like you ever you ever are too afraid to walk down an alleyway at night. Well, this is why. Um yeah. like you know, it's like the kind of like the instinctual fear that he that Stephen Moffat kind of like write a poetic like do you ever have deja vu well this is why do you ever think yeah, yeah. you ever talk to yourself at uh in the do you ever talk to yourself when you're alone well this is why like that kind of thing where it's like it wasn't old yet and it was still really exciting um well and i think, and I think like, that's like, what's so fun his about run is go ahead well i i was just gonna say that i think that's what's so fun about um the silence is the silence is a really yeah. clean execution of the idea and like we'll get into them later but like you're right about that. The seeds of that are here. Yes. Yeah. Um, I really like the silence actually come to think of it. Um, I don't want to be hyperbolic, but I'm mm -hmm. pretty sure I'm right. When I say this, I think midnight is my favorite episode of Dr. Who. Of all of Dr. Who. I'd really have to think about that. Min I was just about to say midnight's a really good episode. It's very high up there. Um, yeah. The the simplicity of it, the performance, the the creepy concept of it. It's all so well done. And I mean, like that performance between David Tennant and that main girl who he ends up swapping positions with when he's doing the same speaking and then she starts speaking before him. I'm like, God, this is so good. This is so good. Yeah, it's so well written it's so well executed um yeah midnight midnight is for my money certainly probably one of the creepiest if not the creepiest episode of doctor who um it's 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 such a simple execution of such a it's a bottle episode right it's a low budget bottle yeah. episode that's truly terrifying it's they're so inventive and innovative with a limited budget and limited resources so that they could get their big stolen yeah. journeys end finale that they want to have. Yeah. And like, but they take like, okay, so we can only work with this budget and like, we can't have Catherine Tate in a lot of the episode. We have to use a bunch more extras and, and be on basically a single set. How can we make that work? And they turn out like one of the best, like this is a twilight zone episode. This is like a great yeah. twilight zone episode. Um, and, and like, it's so succinct. It's so sharp. And the doctor's there and it's like, odd. Oh, this is like, arguably I would go to this before I would go to blink. 
even though I still mm. think you're like hitting a higher quality tier, if you are trying to get someone to yeah. Doctor Who, this gives you an idea more of at least putting the Doctor center of the story. Sure. 100%. Yeah, I I think I agree with that one. I I have nothing but praise for Midnight. I think it's it is truly just an exceptional episode that I I I, I love rewatching. I think about it a lot. I think about the performance in it a lot. And that's one of the reasons why I'm like, there's a there's a ton of incredible episodes. And and maybe if I really like broke it all down and I sat down, I'd be like, no, no, maybe it's really this thing. But I'm like, Midnight's definitely like top of the top of the pile and top of the mind when I think about what's a favorite episode. Yeah. Um, Midnight's very, very high up there. Well, that leads us to another three part finale, though. Um, I can turn left. I, I would consider. No, it is for sure. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, Turn left. It's like a soft. It's like a soft lead in. Doctor Who does these things sometimes where there's like a very clear two parter. You're about to head into one, Brandon, for the season you're in with Whitaker. Yeah. um, The the third from the end episode is like a soft first part, and then a two parter. But like it's basically a three parter. Okay. Um. Yeah, I had, to, I, I had to go through real quick and 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 look for my favorite episode. But uh, what's your favorite? What is it? Uh, the Zygon Invasion. Sure, it's a good episode. Oh, yeah, interesting. Always the the two parter. Yeah, that's the, yeah, that's a good one. Um, okay, I stolen Earth Journey's End turn left. That for me was before Endgame came out. Was my Endgame? Sure. Um. Because I was watching Torchwood and the Sarah Jane Adventures at the same time. And to go from to have all three shows do this massive crossover where Davros comes back um, to steal the Earth. And um, by the way, this was we're still doing like the TARDIS like is constantly like rocking and like exploding everywhere as it flies. And I miss that. I'm so sad TARDISes don't do that anymore. Um, like I get it because like come on it's a little ridiculous but like I miss just David Tennant like flipping switches flying over flipping another switch like crashing that like I miss that era of Doctor Who this for me was peak Doctor Who Um, I it will never I don't believe it will ever get better from I have acknowledged this I accept it and like this this, it's fine but for me it it will never get better than this moment when we're when they're trying to get in touch with the doctor and they can't and Torchwood and Sarah Jane hear the Daleks coming at them. And I've, I've never forgotten Sarah Jane just holding her son and being like, it's over. We're dead. Right. Like they're without the doctor that this is it. And even Jack, like holding uh, Yanto and um, Gwen and, and just like, we're all doomed. Right. There is nothing we can do. Um, and having Rose come back and Jackie, I was excited to see Jackie for some reason. Putting, putting, <laughs> putting every every companion and every like kind of companion back on the board for a whole yeah. big come together was it, it was a big deal, um, and it felt like it to to bring all those people together. And you, you've got the whole bit where like Rose is showing up and you know it, and and we're getting there, but like she hasn't seen the doctor yet and she's trying to, uh, and she even tries to get on the video calls and it's like Harriet Jones being like, we've got one of the doctor's companions here and it's Martha. And she's like, Who yeah. the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> um, like Harriet Jones coming back. Like, like man, 
I I was so ecstatic. Like when when the when the bees are disappearing. Like when that became like <laughs> the clue that yeah. like took the doctor away, and like this is where the Jadoon were coming because they're part of the Shadow Proclamation, and like he's just like it's the bees, we're gonna trace the bees, and he's like running into the TARDIS, <laughs> just and the Shadow Proclamation's like, all right, we're gonna take your TARDIS now, we're gonna go to war, and the doctor's like, yeah, let me just lock up, let me just get the keys for you, <laughs> just like disappears. <laughs> like why did they fall for that? It's um, it's very very strong. It's it's very sharp. It's well paced for bringing all the elements that it brought together, and it truly feels like a celebrate of everything Doctor Who had been doing up to that yeah. point. Yeah, yeah. Um, Jack and Sarah, and we get Yanto and Gwen from Torchwood, and K Nine has a great moment. Been like, I, I can't overstate. I cannot overstate just how. Like I, I still watch that episode. I still watch it frequently, and every single time, I, I don't care. I'm not hyper. I'm not being hyperbolic. I cry. Yeah. At multiple points during this episode, during it's, all the reunions, during all the scared moments, like it is. It's it. It like it was. It never got better for me. Sure. It, I mean, it it's, really, it's. Oh, go ahead, Xander. Um, it really did such a such a great job. It. it making it seem like a finale and not just like a finale for tenants run, but it really felt akin to a series finale in like how it was treated. Um, Whether they were going to be like, Oh yeah, we're definitely making new uh, a new who season or not, or, or whatever the, the back background of that was. I, it's really interesting that it that it's treated like that, and I think it works so well because there's an inkling of that in in Doctor Who afterwards, but never to that level. Mm-hmm. There's the send offs have like yeah a story and like some reminiscing, but never never quite like this. And it really like it's weird to have two endings. Honestly, with a three-parter and then the specials. Yeah, no, for real. Uh, it really is. It really is interesting, and we'll get to the specials eventually. But um, the the fact that they have such a massive reunion really goes to show, like, how much they had done up until that point. Which is really surprising. Like, it's just three years. Yeah, it really it's just three years, time. and it feels like seven things are packed in yeah. like seven years of work are packed in there because you got like Torchwood and Sarah Jane, especially if you're engaging with those, it's a lot piled yeah. into each other. Um, but it's very, very strong. And, and much to your point, like I'm really glad that there is this and then there's tenant specials because, well, I think this is a really satisfying season finale and it's like really great to have the celebration of bringing everyone together. If he regenerated at the end, I would feel like, Damn, I feel like we could have gotten a little bit more of a, a story about him uh, yeah. on his way out the door. Mm-hmm. And like you get that by having those specials, you get a story about him. Yeah. Um, and I think this is a really great let's celebrate that this crazy idea of new who has worked mm-hmm. and let's celebrate everything about that. And then it's also after that. Now, let's celebrate that David Tennant's an incredible doctor. Yeah, I yeah. I. 
there's so many moments that I would love to like just shout out. There, there. Obviously, uh, Turn Left is a very good episode. <laughs> I, I know, but mostly just. But the actor who they got to play Davros is awesome. Um, the fact that it did tie off. Um, uh, the the two part finale from uh from season two uh which which bled into the uh, with Dalek Khan coming back again after he came back um in the Daleks in Manhattan um and 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 having being the one to trick Davros and being like I this crazy Daleks like I flew into the time vortex itself and pulled Davros <laughs> and, like, he's just like absolutely insane right. <laughs> Um, and he's just like playing Davros the whole time until like the doctor could like defeat him. He's like, it was me, Davros. Um, yeah. And like, and then, um, no, 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 I, I, um, I just the 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 ending to Donna's arc as well. Yeah, and having that play into everything, and it just like. Yeah, there's this whole like celebration of like everyone coming together and it's this massive moment, and then just the absolute gut punch that the end of Donna's storyline is. Because it you really get the is big just, like the hey, we yeah. did it. We beat the we we beat the the Daleks, we won, but at the cost of Donna. Donna is yeah. who we've lost in this yeah. war. Um and and I I, I like a, I love the I love the, the ending when they're all piloting the TARDIS and like he just walks up is like okay you touch that and Jackie don't don't touch anything just go over there don't touch anything um, <laughs> yeah. it's real, like I think about that all the time but the best joke in the whole episode is one that a lot of people don't even I'm sure you guys remembered it but like a lot of people missed it the Daleks in Germany don't say exterminate they say exterminieren they're just yelling exterminate in German and it's incredible uh, <laughs> Um, yeah, I think, uh, I, I really do think that as a culmination of everything, it serves so well to close so many loops. It's yeah. very emotional. If you're attached to these characters, it's super, super emotional. Um, really, really love it. Hate that Martha ends up with Mickey. Really, really oh, love it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, incredible yeah. story. I don't know why they had to do Martha even dirtier than they already did, but once again, yeah. the Murray Gold, the Murray Gold soundtrack, like yeah, of course, on point, like so good. Um, and then we get everyone saying goodbye, uh, and I really like Sarah Jane's goodbye, where it's just like you like to think that you're alone, but you've got the biggest family in the universe. Um, and it's such a great like kind of like like of course like this we're your family, and that that, that was when like Doctor Who really felt like everyone he had ever met was his family and could interact with him at any time. Um, and it's something that I kind of wish that Moffat would have played with a bit more. Mm. Um, I know that there was a lot of, he probably wanted to distance himself from obviously Sarah Jane, uh, Elizabeth Slayton would pass away um, mm -hmm. during, I think the first season of Moffat era. Um, uh, and I, and like, but you know, Jack never came back or like, um, Martha and Mickey never came back. Not that I would want them, but like, um, but they, but they never did. And so like, I really love that kind of feeling of like, wherever the doctor is on earth, he's got this big family of people that he can call upon. Um, uh, and it was really important to me, but you're absolutely correct. Like, I don't know what the, who the hell's, I don't know what the hell they were thinking putting Mickey and Martha together. That was that was ridiculously dumb. Very upsetting. Um, Very all upsetting. Right. 
Uh, oh, and also the 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 way that um, Tumblr took to that last message from from the doctor to Donna about her for a moment being the most important person in the universe. Yeah. Oh man, the the amount the amount of 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 young uh, the the amount of the youths the youths <laughs> just just being like you we matter. <laughs> Yeah, well, that was what's so oh. great about that was what's so great about Doctor Who, and the that it really felt like like Donna was the first companion that had a like that that had like a destiny attached to her, like this idea that she would become mm. the Doctor mm-hmm. Donna um, was not something that had happened in Doctor Who before, but it was it was something that would happen to Doctor Who ne- next time, right? Like yeah. it became like um, like the Doctor could just pick you up you it didn't matter who you were it didn't matter how if you were important or not everyone was important to the doctor you could just he would just pick you up and mm-hmm. be a random everyday schmo that's what i really liked about the davies era of doctor who um that like billy that billy piper and freeman Aguman and even Catherine tate to an extent although i just i'll, I'll admit right that, yeah um they were everyday people they were not important you know chosen ones that the doctor was drawn towards they just happened to be at the right time at the right place and that's where and and the and they became the doctor's companions and it it's it's something that i i don't think that i that i really appreciated about it and i did then and i still do now that like you could just be walking on the street and the tardis will show up and you could just go travel with the doctor like that's how it felt Sure, I, I just I I like I I think they really nailed that idea. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. Doctor Who's good. Doctor Who is. Doctor Who's good. I'm glad we did this. Yeah, me too. Um, I mean, obviously, there's a lot more we can say about so much here. Oh, one hundred percent. If if we uh, had really decided to go like episode by episode or like episode chunks by episode chunks. This this is hours, multiple takes and this recordings. Is its own, this is its own podcast. Let's its own yeah. podcast. Um, uh, yeah. God. Suffice it to say, uh, really love, especially this last season with Tenant with Donna. Mm-hmm. Um, very excited for them to return. But I'm also really excited to talk to you, with you guys more about um the other stuff that happened after this. Yeah, Doctor yeah. Hill. Um, yeah, it, it it's it really is it really does feel like such separate chunks. Uh, yeah, each where, each showrunner each showrunner really feels like its own distinct kind of show. Yeah, and, and there's something to be said as well for for how the end of Tenant feels like a like a series finale is that uh, Eccleston flowed so easily story wise and plot wise into Tenant's run. Right. Yeah. That there was, I think, maybe an expectation of that also mm-hmm. happening into the next Doctor, that you would continue with either these companions or the the you know the 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 things he's been set up, and they're like, no, 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 we're wrapping everything up. This is all done. Completely separate thing. Still same Doctor. All this stuff did happen, but we're we're moving on. And yeah. it, well, they wanted yeah. to make a new a new new jump on point. Yeah, right. It yeah. It was, it was um, interesting. We do get a regeneration though in in um 
was it journey's end St- stolen earth uh david tennant the uh, the cliffhanger of the episode is david tennant's regenerating and everyone's like yeah. wait hang on what's happening now yeah and then he's like don't worry i'm just gonna make a second me yeah the meta crisis doctor and give it to rose so she can yeah it. yeah <laughs> no but for real that's exactly what happened i mean yeah it's me and I, i'll i'll grow old oh it's still me don't worry about it oh yeah. when when uh, he says goodbye to rose again and rose is like what were you going to say to me on the beach all those years ago and he just goes you know and the the meta crisis doctor is the one who says it and you and they give they kiss and you're just and you're like oh yeah <laughs> The doctor can't yeah. have it, but that guy can. But that guy can. Again, I do also. Who. I do also like when he says, "Like, uh, look at him. He's he, he's full of rage, and uh, he's reckless, and and all these things that he says." And he's like, "You know who that is? That's me when I first met you." Yeah. Uh, and he's like, "And you changed that." And she says to Rose, and I'm like, "Arguably, Don is the person that changed a lot of that, but you know, whatever. Sure, I'll take um, it." There's also. I also I, I I love uh Bernard Cribbins last moments with with the doctor when he leaves Donna with them and like you know he locks on the door he's like holding her in the rain and uh and uh he's like uh she was she was better with you like he's like he's like yelling he's like he's like mm. you can't do like she was your friend she was better with like I've always remembered the line she was better with you and like how heartbreaking it is him pleading with him to fix what has happened to right, Donna yeah. and 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 Doctor being like I can't she'll die, yeah. I guess we'll see when we'll, we'll see how I guess is it. So so an interesting thing we can definitely talk about here is you know Davies got pretty chewed out for making that choice over the years mm-hmm. and has mm-hmm. openly reflected on it and been like, yeah maybe that was too shitty to <laughs> to do to Donna and that's one of the reasons why for sure we're getting Donna back uh, in this story is that Davies has in later years felt. Mm, I'm going to fix this. That wasn't a good I'm going to fix this. Yeah. <laughs> oh, All right. Man. Well, that'll do it. Uh, I um, can't, I can't say that I'm very excited to, um, I'm like, I'm normally, I'm, I'm, I'm normal levels of excited to get into the specials. And then I'm, I'm very excited to get into the, the whole so, Smith stuff. Yeah, so sure. next time we're going to talk about the David Tennant specials, which are Planet of the Dead to the End of Time Part 2. And then we're going to do all of Matt Smith? All of Matt Smith. All right. The um, whole Chimichanga. Boy, that's only three seasons, right? One, it's only two. three seasons and some specials. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, okay. That's doable. That's doable. Three seasons. We just did three seasons. Yeah, that's yeah, what, exactly. Like, that's, that's, it's, yeah. it's sized out just fine. It feels longer for some reason. It always yes. does. Um, that's what she said. All right. I don't know why I decided to end this episode. This does include. This does episode. include. So so going all the way through Matt Smith does mean going all the way through Day of the Doctor and Time of the Doctor as well. Mm. All the way up to his regeneration. I cannot wait to talk about the Day of the Doctor with you guys. Sure. Um, all right, so that'll do it, guys. So stay tuned for the next time, the next one. Um, and I'm I assume we'll probably be back to talk about the new specials also at some at some later date down the line. Yeah. Um, we will. which should be re- a lot the, of fun. That's the plan. Um yeah. hopefully with some other friends from the Fake Nerd podcast. Yeah. All yeah, right, guys, well, that, that'll do it. No, no, no. Still with you. <laughs> You're still on the ride. <laughs> <laughs>
We're just going to also probably have Ryan. Xander, they're coming to Disney Plus. Mm. It's never been easier. That's never true. Easier. That's true. It never has. Um, all right. So that, that'll do it. Guys. Dog, so they're stay- already they're already filming the next season. I know. Not the, 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 the we have two seasons of shooting Gotway. One of them is filmed. One of them is currently filming. Um, wild. Okay. That'll do it, guys. Stay tuned for the next one whenever that comes out. But of course, there this is Fickner's Watch. There's tons of Fickner's Watch that you can check out now that the strikes are over. Um, so stay tuned for a lot of that stuff. Go to our website at FicknerPodcast.com to find links and subscription uh, and place where you can subscribe to uh, everything that we're going to do. The, uh, the post-strike stuff is start coming out soon. So be sure you so if you want to catch up on that stuff, uh, be sure to to go to that website. It's all going to be updated there. Uh, as best as I can. I'm going to do my best. Um, and uh, of course, uh, check out our Tee Public and our Patreon if you'd like to support us financially. Uh, we greatly appreciate it. But that, all that is on our website as well, as well as linked below, which is our website. Once again, that by the way, I didn't say what it is. It's fakenerpodcast.com. You should know that by now. Uh, unless, unless you are a Doctor Who fan who has never watched this show because we've never covered Doctor Who before, in which case, welcome. Go to fakenerpodcast.com. Um, so that'll do it. Um, you can also find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, all at Fictor Podcast. I'm at BT McClure on Instagram and Twitter. I also write for atomicethem.com. That's where you can find those writings. Sparks, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me um, excited to travel further in space and time uh, at Sparks Witty on Instagram and Twitter, S P A R K Z Witty. And Xander, where can people find you? Hey, you can find me neither on Instagram or Twitter, uh, but you can find me on Twitch at uh, Jack in the Box. You're on Instagram. Not as Jack in the Box. Where are you on Instagram? I'm following you on Instagram. Yeah, I got my own personal Instagram. I don't I don't need the world to see my Instagram. Yes, you do. <laughs> hey man, if I don't have to do it, he don't have to do it. That's fair. All right, guys. Um, that'll do it. Uh like this video, subscribe to this channel, subscribe and only podcast of choice and rate and review wherever you get us. Um, and until next time, stay fake nerds.